Welcome to Uncontained. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render. And before we get the show started today, I'd like to say happy anniversary to my girlfriend, Angela. I love you and thank you for your help and support with the show. And by help with the show, I mean rewriting my show notes every week so that the listeners can understand them. And I appreciate that. And you guys should too, trust me. And thank you for helping hold me to a higher standard in both this podcast and in life. Happy anniversary. And on the show today, I talked to Kramer Welker, the singer and guitarist of the band You vs. Yesterday out of Ohio. And we talk about the band, how the band got formed, and the band's manager is actually guest of episode 11 here on the show, Jan Powers. So he kind of helped set up this episode, set up this interview with Kramer. And there is a very interesting story involving Jan, Kramer, a motel, Nashville, and blood. I'll, I'll just give you that as a teaser right now. And uh, no, he didn't murder anybody. Neither did Jan. But uh, very interesting stories, uh, some big shows coming up for them as well, including one with the Spill Canvas we'll talk about during the show, and their new EP being recorded with Tyler Smith of the Danger Kids. So listen in to this conversation with the singer and guitarist of the band You vs. Yesterday, Kramer Welker. How's it going, Kramer, and welcome to Uncontained. Kramer? It's going pretty good, man. It's going it's going pretty good, man. <laughs> I was like, I hear the crickets in the background. <laughs> I think I might be on a little bit of a delay, but hey, we'll make it work, right? Sounds good. So, yeah, we were having trouble getting um, a good quality sound from Kramer in uh, his friend's apartment right now, but found out when he went outside, we actually got good signal. So are you on a walk right now? I'm totally on a nature walk. It's actually okay. really nice in Ohio right now. What's it like there right now? I'm I'm guessing it's got to be like 70 degrees. It is. I mean, I'm in a t-shirt and jeans, and I'm pretty comfortable. And the crickets are out, and people are watering their lawns. It's uh, it's Midwest America. <laughs> That's for sure. It has a has it started to cool down yet at all? Do you feel, you know, like even like in the fall when it's like 80 degrees, you still feel that little chill in the air, like I, knowing that I winter's wish. around the corner? I wish. There is a little bit of a chill, a little bit of a chill. I don't know. It, it bounces back and forth. Yesterday, I didn't think it was as hot as today was, but it was it was kind of uncomfortable when I woke up this morning. You know, enjoy it while you can. When I was in the Midwest, uh, I all I had one philosophy. It was like I was sick of people che- like complaining about the cold and then complaining about the heat and vice versa. I just chose one and stuck with it. <laughs> so I bitched about the about the cold and then you know kept my mouth shut about the heat because I, I I'd rather sweat yeah, my no. ass off than have frozen I, nostrils. Way. What's that? See, I'm I'm the exact I'm the exact opposite because for me you can put more layers of clothing on you can only take so many off. I hear you, I hear you, or take so many off before you get in decent exposure or something like yeah, that. Yeah, nobody but... wants that. Nobody. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I do agree you can put on more clothes in the winter, but there's still something about. Nostrils freezing that I don't like. (laughs) 
Eh, I think as humans, we're more, I mean, we're just programmed to complain at this point. Pretty much. We'll bitch about something. What do you want to bitch about today? Oh, man. I, I can bitch about so many things. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, so many to choose from. There's Hillary, there's Trump, there's <laughs> all the murders going on by police and... You know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's one disgusting out there. It's or just your friends posting stupid shit on social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the big thing around, I don't know, I mean, I know it's worldwide, but I don't know how big it is in LA right now, but, uh, you know, we're not too far from Cincinnati Zoo, and Harambe has been quite the butt of many jokes lately, and uh, I don't know, I'm starting What's to, that? I'm starting to, I'm starting Harambe? Harambe, the, uh, it was a gorilla at the Cincinnati Zoo, and a child fell into the enclosure, and they shot it because he was being rough with the child, so they, you know, they shot the gorilla oh. and killed him, and since okay. then, Harambe has become a staple of just anything and everything. If you can think of an internet meme, there's a version of it with Harambe, and I think I've had my fill. I think I'm done. Okay, yes, I do remember hearing that story, like, once you said the kid and the and the gorilla being shot, but I did not know the name was Harambe. <laughs> yeah, um, there's already t-shirts and, and songs and just every meme you can think of. If you type Spongebob and Harambe, you're going to find one. Any meme that has already existed is being modified to focus and bring up that darn gorilla and it's <laughs> i think i've hit my point of like okay i'm gonna lose it if i see one more harambe joke so is it pretty safe to say that you versus yesterday is not going to uh put out a harambe song we are not i cannot with or one, have you already no i wish no i wish i would have cashed in on that no um i'm i can 100 100 positively say i will i will not be releasing a, uh, a Harambe song. All right, all right. So <laughs> that's probably good. So tell us a little bit about your band. How did you get started? Uh, U vs. Yesterday started in 2013. I was uh, in playing my last couple shows with a with a previous band of mine uh, from high school called Set the Stage, and some friends of uh, some friends in the band as well as outside of the band knew that that band was you know about to be done. And, uh, you know, our, our drummer went on to college to, uh, he went to Ohio State University and he's currently a cheerleader, um, at OSU. And he's, it's crazy to flip, you know, flip on a game and cheer on your team and see one of your best friends. Like I've known that kid for years and, uh, it's cool to see him do things that, you know, keep him challenged because that's all he ever wanted. Okay. He was moving on to do the college thing and our bass player at the time, super nice dude, one of the most talented musicians I've ever played with. Um, was just ready to try something different and, and maybe try a different genre. He's uh, he can he can play metal like no other. Um, the guy's mind is consistently working, and I thoroughly appreciate him as a musician. And uh, and it was sad to see him go, but I, you know he ended up coming back around. But you know we'll get to that. Um, but <laughs> so yeah, myself and our guitar player, who's our guitar player still to this day, John. Um, you know, we're leaving that band and we're, you know, just kind of brainstorming with some, with some friends. And we, uh, we got a drummer, our, our first drummer for you versus yesterday, uh, joined the band and 
that was when he said, hey, I've got a buddy. And, like, I mean, I knew Eric, our pianist, um, and, and another vocalist. I knew... I knew him. I'd seen his band live, and I mean, he's one of my favorite musicians in the world. Like, I, I'm I'm very lucky that I get to play music with some of my best friends. And he, uh, you know, he, my, you know, our, our drummer was like, "Hey, I got this guy. You should know him." And I did. And he says he can totally play bass. Let's have him join. And so Eric joined, and our pianist actually played bass for the first year of our band. Um, which is insane because when you when you guys hear this new record, it's going like the piano is so prominent in it, and he's he's one of it's it's insane how talented this guy is on piano. He makes me look like a chump, and I play guitar. Um, okay, but he's so talented, and he never gives himself enough credit. But uh, does he play the guitar at all? I think he should. <laughs> Maybe that's something the fans can you know heckle him about. But. uh yeah, he joined the band, and we started writing songs in the basement of uh, a local music store, Pickwick Guitar, and uh, we wrote we wrote three or four songs, and decided that we were going to like let's go record an out, let's go record an EP. You know, we need to put songs out, and we had been working and working and working with uh, Tyler Smith uh, from Danger Kids, and let's get it. Um, he is hands down my favorite person to work with. Um, it's, it's very few and far between that, like for me as a musician, I can, I listen, like when I write, I don't hear an acoustic in my voice. I hear, I hear all of the bells and whistles and the post-production and those things that like sometimes people don't even realize are buried in songs. And so, so like, what do you mean by that? Like <clears throat> what would be some of those bells and whistles you hear opposed to the acoustics? Um, I mean, I mean, I hear, I hear drums, I hear bass, I hear, the lead part, I hear the piano, I hear the oohs and the ahs in the background and, and doubling of vocals and and just these organic sounds to make the record, you know, to make these mixes and these sounds really, really pop. And I've, I've always had a vision like that with everything that I've approached, my, you know, brought myself to. But unfortunately for myself, I am not... Um, I'm not very good. I'm not very good at pulling some of those crazy ideas out. And Tyler okay. Tyler Smith is that person that can start working on a song with me, and we'll be recording. And he'll see my brain churning, and I'll and even if I'm fumbling with my words to get it across, of like, no, like it's got to feel like this, like, and and nails it. And like we and we both work and respect each other off of that. And I think that that's a big dynamic as to why our first EP. Is so huge and just fun and sonically pleasing to listen to. Um, I've never been more proud of an EP in my entire life, and and I've put out a couple with with previous bands. And just to hear a collective work of my brain and the things that I really wanted that record to sound like, and and John's John's leads and in the way that he hears things and and like his influences bleed through, and then Tyler. And myself and Eric and John really are the reason, like our collective minds working together, are the reason that that album or that EP sounds the way that it does and that it feels organic and that you can, I mean, it, it's just pleasing to the ear. And I've never been more proud of, of anything that I've ever been a part of. You know, we didn't know what we were going to sound like leaving our respective projects and jumping into this with, I mean, it was... 
it was kind of like, I mean, it was kind of a super group. We, we took a drummer and a, and a bass player slash pianist from a band that we respected when we were in high school and okay. in playing shows. And, and then you take myself and then John, and John's a little bit older than me, but, um, you know, you take us from a band that was doing well at the time there for, for a, you know, a local band status. And, and it was just kind of like, let's put these four people together that are in bands that people actually really do enjoy and love and listen to. And let's just do something big. It'll be, you know, we'll call out all the shots. We'll, we'll put all of the production and spend whatever we have to, to make it happen because we want to do something that we're super proud of. And I remember working with Tyler on what would become our first single wasted. Um, and I remember, I remember going in with, with that song and it had a different title and a different tempo and, um, a completely different chorus. I mean, there was, there were so many things that we, that we changed that like, you know, Tyler, Tyler looked at me and was like, man, like, I love your verses. Your verses are great. Why don't we try and tackle that chorus again? And, or why don't we use this piece here instead of there and we rewrite that course? And it was like, okay, yeah, like, you know, I trust your judgment. Let's let's see what happens. And you know, I went out I went out into his living room, and an hour later, I I come back in with this chorus idea, which is what eventually be, you know what what we mapped into the course for our first single, wasted. And it's just oh, moments wow. like it's just moments like that that remind me, you know why we're doing it that you know that we want to make those moments special and it was like the first time i remember getting that song back and and being like wow okay so this is you versus yesterday oh that's cool like how how you were able to come together and having another influence or another a perspective can help like shape the song in a completely different way than it was before yeah, exactly. Exactly, and that's that's the way that you have to look at it. Um, I feel like for years I was a very close-minded musician in the sense that, you know, these were my babies, and I, I you know, I, I, I was, I went through these things. These are experiences that I'm writing about, and so I have to, I can't write with other people. I have to be so closed off from everyone in order to do anything worthwhile. And that wasn't the case. And recently I've gotten the opportunity and myself and Eric have gotten the opportunity to uh, write with, um, I mean, we've write, we've written more together for the first time ever and are really okay. trying to just open up and like really feed off each other. Because I mean, you know, I love Eric's, I love Eric's lyrics and I love Eric's writing. And you're going to get to hear that on this new EP that we're working on. Um, but for us to about you know to work together and really dig, we're getting things. You know, we're going places musically and lyrically that I couldn't go by myself. Um, recently this year, uh, the first week of July, actually, I spent Fourth of July in Nashville, Tennessee, with Eric. Um, our manager Jan went with us, and that was a great time to hang out with him. Uh, which you you know your viewers don't know, or maybe they do know, but or yes. your listeners. Jan was. <laughs> Yeah, they can stare at a screen of sound waves if they want, but uh, look at pretty <laughs> pictures. But uh, Jan was actually uh, a guest on Uncontained, uh, episode 11 it was, and I actually went to uh, college with Jan back in the day, too. That's how I got to know Jan. 
But uh, how did okay? Continue. I don't want to sidetrack the uh, the Nashville story yeah. anymore. So you, I want to let's hear that. Then we'll get into how you met, how got got hooked up with Jan. Deal. Um, so you know, we recently the first week of July we got to go to Nashville. I actually spent Fourth of July in Nashville, and it was our first day there. We saw. The fireworks, uh, I believe we were in East Nashville and, and just kind of watched the fireworks with a crowd of, you know, complete strangers. Um, but while we were there, we, we actually went down there to write, uh, to co-write songs with Steve Sabalzi from Punchline. Okay. Who is one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. And I don't, I can't like stress that enough that, Steve Sabalzi has become like an older brother to me and we talk every now and again and just shoot ideas off each other or just shoot the shit for a couple hours. Just thinking, you know, just, just cause, um, he had never, I've never felt more welcome in someone's studio before. Uh, he took us out every night while we were writing after we were done writing to just like, just hang out like, or grab tacos or, uh, one night he took us to see, uh, the band lit play uh in downtown nashville uh well are they still playing yeah yeah they're still around and i tell you what they put on a hell of a show um we were really yeah eric and i were front row um and it was just cool because obviously you know you know you know you listen to these bands that are all over the place and and for years have been around and then now here i am i'll be 23 in october and i'm standing three feet away from their singer watching them ripped through songs that songs I knew songs I didn't know. Uh, they played so much new material and it's, it's really, really cool. I'm actually excited to hear what they do. Wow. Wow. The only song I remember from lit is, uh, my own worst enemy that, that I can think of off the top of my head. Maybe if I heard others. Yeah. I can't remember the, mind, I can't remember the title of the one that I, the other one I, I knew, but like, I mean, everybody knows my own worst enemy. Um, it's crazy how much fame one song can can bring you, can embed you in the minds of virtually everyone. <laughs> um, but I mean, so you're at the lit show. Yeah, so we're at the lit show. We're front row. We're hanging out. Um, and Steve, we actually lost Steve and Jan, and so Eric and I just ended up front row, and um, I even ended up in a picture. You can see me in the picture that they posted on their Instagram from the Nashville show. and and it was it was a cool it was a really cool show uh to see to see people that i mean like the only the only word i can use to describe the music was just tight like everything was just tight and uniform and where they needed to be and i was thoroughly impressed (laughs) okay wow that's i'm just dumbfounded that they're still playing i hadn't heard anything <laughs> from them for like anything new for at least 10 years but yeah that's awesome i'm glad they're still out there and they and if you're saying they're tight i might have to check it out yeah no i think everybody should uh it definitely sounds nashville oh so is it more of a country sound to the new lit or well, yeah i think that it definitely has like a country rockabilly like it's just got it's like rock and country rolled into one. It's very radio friendly. Um, I was very, very impressed by their sh- by their show, by their set. I I can't say that I was that big of a lit fan walking in, but they won me by their live show. So I'm curious to hear their new CD whenever it's done. 
Well, that that is definitely good to know. Like, there are bands that just don't translate well. Like, either they, it works both ways. Some bands are great live bands, but their CD is eh. And some some like record an awesome CD, and you go to see them perform, and it's like. Oh man, I don't like these guys anymore. <laughs> I've been on I've been on both sides of that spectrum. <laughs> so back to getting separated at the lit show, being front row and center. Yeah, um, after the show was done, we finally met up with all of the guys and uh, lit. Uh, you know, all the guys hopped off stage and thanked us for being there and whatnot, and thanked you know thanked everybody that was around there for being there and. Um, you know, it's just one of the, one of the few things that, you know, or one of the many things that Steve like really took, went out of his way to make us feel at home and comfortable. And, um, you know, I've always, I've always approached like things that like what I learned there is that, you know, I've always approached writing in a very singular way and it's very me. And I have a certain way that I do that where from, you know, up to that point it was, oh, woe's me. I went through something sad in my life. So I'm going to grab my guitar and write some lyrics about how I'm feeling and if they rhyme it's cool and <laughs> so I think I think I went you know a little unchecked musically for a while there where um I think that people were, were were just like okay well hey those are the lyrics so cool like let's sing and um let's sing them sing them and and it'll be all right but <laughs> um I learned while I learned in Nashville from Steve that there are multiple ways to approach writing and in exercises that you can do to keep your brain working and keep everything fresh and to really sit down from a songwriter standpoint to sit down and to pick an item or a scenario or or, or let's just say you come up with the title of a song to sit and write and brainstorm off of that word and then come up with descriptive words and just like in just the many ways that you can keep your brain moving and then you may finally start writing a course. It's just okay. it was it was a completely different way for me to write and especially with having other brains involved in uh and I mean for all intents and purposes a complete outsider to our band to have his hand in the pot into and to steer me in a direction or, oh, hey, I have, an, you know, there were multiple times where I would have a lyric idea and it, it would stick and Steve would run off of it. So outside of working with uh, Steve, have you actually had a chance to apply some of these new strategies to writing that he taught you? Always. I'm always writing. Uh, even when I shouldn't be, I mean, you should never not be writing. That's a horrible way to set that up. But, um, I mean, I, sometimes I write at not the most of appropriate times. Um, I've been known to pull over while driving just because I had an idea or, or that I, or I needed to, you know, to write something down or, oh, I have a melody. Let me hum that into my phone real quick. That way I don't lose it. Um, I'm always writing and my brain's always always working and coming up with one-liners and, and just, oh, like that would be a cool idea for a song. And then you store that away and, and, and hopefully sometimes you don't, but hopefully you come back and it's in its gold and you're like, oh no, like, I could, I could totally write about that or I can totally go somewhere from this. Um, you know, I've, I've probably have a hundred to hundred, you know, in between 150 to 200 notes in my phone of just possible song. Babble. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Babble, that works too. What was it like having uh, 
as you mentioned earlier, an outsider from the group come in and work with you writing? At first, it was terrifying. I mean, you, you bring somebody that's never, like, outside of a few tracks, has never really heard or understood, like, what you've gone through or how you, how you approach to writing. And for someone to say, you're not wrong, but what if you looked at it like this? It's, I mean, it's, it's everything. And once you can finally get over, like, at first it was very off-putting. And it was, I remember our first day not being very successful because, like, when I mean, we had the ideas, but I was just like, it was a complete mental block. I went in there and I think I really psyched myself out just because I didn't know what to expect. But I remember, I remember day two actually opening up and, and really, like, feeding off of somebody else's ideas. And I feel like that was a very important thing to go through. Cool. Um, okay. We were talking about this story a little bit earlier in the show. You mentioned something about you and Jan ending up with comped rooms. Yeah. What? what how did that happen? I'm sure he's going to love this story, but uh, some. Oh, I'm sure he will. <laughs> so our first night there, we stayed with uh, some friends of mine uh, and and mutual friends of our bass player at the time, and. Uh, everything was peachy keen, you know, we were all right. And the second night we stayed with him, everything was cool. We actually went down there. We were, we had four days scheduled with, uh, with Steve, but we went down for an extra day. Okay. So we go down and the second night we stay there. Well, that third night I reach out to that guy. And he goes, dude, I'm so sorry. I thought you were only staying for X amount of days. Um, you guys are going to have to find other accommodations. Down in my hands. You know, he has roommates. And it was totally out of his, you know, he was totally out of his way at the first in the first place for letting us even stay. So I'm so thankful that he let us crash for a couple nights. But okay, we, uh, so no we, hard feelings. No, there. no, not at all. No, uh, no, he's a great dude. But uh, that, so like that third night, we ended up staying with, um, with another band that Jan had been working with at the time. And so, and it, and it was like, well, like we're clearly, we're, we're clearly like not, it wasn't like we weren't welcome, but like we knew we were being a nuisance in the sense that like they weren't planning for that. And it's a lot to take in three to four people, you yeah. know, out of the blue. So, um, so we were like, well, let's, let's get a hotel. You know, we had two of the two other members at the time um, that were in the group coming down to meet us to hang out for the weekend and kind of take on Nashville for the last two days. And so they came down. We were like, well, we can totally afford a hotel now. So let's just get a hotel. So we stop at this hotel um, a little outside of Nashville. Uh, I don't want to say the name of the hotel brand. I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain from doing that because um, um. of the way that this was resolved. But <clears throat> so we go to this you know we go to this hotel we get in our room we drop our stuff off and we decide let's go out for a night on the town. So we go out we have a couple drinks we're having a good time in East Nashville and we Uber back to to the hotel and we're all getting ready for bed and Jan pulls the sheets back off of this bed and there were blood stains. Holy on the shit. comforter. And I have never seen him get so angry in my entire life before, which is like, to I mean, it was totally understandable as to why he's upset. 
but he got into this mode that I've just never seen him in. And it was like full on manager mode. And, and I, and I tease him about it every now and again, but <laughs> he got on that phone and he demanded to speak to a manager and he went back and forth with this guy for like five minutes. Like, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about this? And by the end of that conversation to which all of us in the room are crying, laughing, like, Oh my God, this is actually happening. Um, in in an effort to keep it, you know, to not have his name drugged through the mud and being reported, they upgraded our, or not upgraded our room, but moved us down the hall to what I felt like was a nicer room. And Jan, without bloodstains. Without bloodstains. <laughs> and Jan, it was just cleaner overall, but Jan managed to get both nights for, like, we got two nights for free when we were only going to stay for one night. Oh, nice. Nice. So we got it. Like, I won't the call the cop saying you have a bloody bed. Yeah. That... He was like, I'll go public. I'll make, I'll make everything. This is disgusting. This could be AIDS. This could be this. This could be that. And I mean, all valid, you know, all valid arguments. Yes. But I just, I had known Jan as, you know, he's he's a great dude, and he's he can be a little abrasive at times, um, just because he's <laughs> super hyped and passionate about what he's always talking about. But yeah, so like to see him not be happy, go lucky and go with the flow guy and then pop into like, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was insane to see him that, that fired up and like, it, it's still, it's a, it's a story I like, I like to tell. Um, I'm sure he's going to love it. Like I said, but that is definitely one for the memoirs later down the road when, uh, when you write the you versus yesterday uh, book, whatever, whatever it will be called, like the Motley Crue's dirt. Yeah. Or whatever. No, I think it'd be, I think it'd be real cool to have one of those. You it's could totally call it bloodstains on the mattress. <laughs> exactly. So how did you hook up with Jan? Take a, take a step back from this story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, Jan is, uh, friends with, um, our, our, good friend and uh, director of our music videos that we have out, uh, Jake Bonham. He, uh, super talented dude and really knocked the videos out of the park. Well, we shot that first video without a manager, without anything other than, hey, we have this song that Tyler just finished for us and we're super proud of it. Let's shoot a music video. So we shoot this crazy video about a love story between a robot and two women and it goes live and we got so much feedback that first night that, like, we were blown away. That, like, holy crap, this thing has almost, like, 3,000 views, and it's been up less than 24 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy the, the amount, like, the instant amount of, like, everybody was watching this video that we knew and, like, people that we didn't know and, like, the amount of comments that we were getting and how it was a fresh, you know, fresh. We had a girl on, like, like in all of the comments that were rolling through, there was one, there was one girl that had said that we were like a breath of fresh air, and that if this was 2006, we would have already had a record deal by now, um, which is a funny statement to me. And like most people would probably take it as like an insult, but like I took it as a very big compliment because I mean that's that's when I was listening. That's when I'm, you know I started to listen to the music that I do now and really shape who I am as a musician, and so. Um, it was just cool to see all of that super awesome feedback. And one of the people that saw that video was Jan and he was the first, the first person to email us and be like, Hey, I manage bands. I think your band is pretty rad. We should talk. And, um, I actually turned him down the first time I shot him a message back and I said, Hey man, like, 
super sorry. Uh, we're brand new. We don't have a logo. We don't have promos. We have nothing. We have a song in this music video that we just spent every last time we had on. Let us figure us out, and we'll be in touch. You know, thanks, but no thanks. And we played some shows and didn't, you know, I didn't think anything of it. Played some shows, had some fun, and once things started to pick up and get a little more serious for us, in the sense that we, you know, we were playing out a lot, um, okay. I was like, well, I feel like I feel like maybe we could benefit from having a manager. Like, let's just hear what the guy has to say. So I talked to some mutual friends and said, yeah, like, Jan's a good dude. Give him a call. And him and I talked, and I talked to the guys that were in the band at the time. and was like, let's let's give this guy a shot. And, you know, um, due to unfortunate circumstances and of just, just things out of everybody else's control, as well as some of the attitudes from some of the guys that had been in the band previously, um, we stopped working with Jan last year um, around... I want to say, I think it was right after our first, our very, very first tour in May. Um, okay. Everybody kind of came back with a sour taste in their mouths and weren't getting along, and it wasn't necessarily a singular person's fault. So many heads butting together, um, and we let Jan go and, you know, and moved on from it and actually started to call it quits. We were ready to be done. Uh, members were leaving, and Eric and I played uh, what we thought was going to be our final show in Dayton with Hawthorne Heights. Uh, they, they do this annual musical music festival now called uh, Dayton is for Lovers, and it happens okay. once a year, and it's always a great time. And we had the pleasure we had the pleasure of, of opening for their uh, the very first year. And Eric and I went and we played acoustic, and you know, you know, we said to the crowd like, "This is probably it. Like, I don't really know what we're going to do past this." And couple months later rolled by christmas is rolling by and eric and i hadn't really done anything and our former you know our original drummer was like hey we should get back together you know be grown men and discuss things but let's get let's get everybody you know back in and and so we you know we got john and we got you know eric to play piano and we got myself and and then we had the drummer and okay so you were reuniting with old band members what happened from there um, I decided that, like, and I had decided and kind of went to the group and was like, look, like, I know we, we want to do this and we want to do it the right way this time and, and really stay focused. I think we need to call Jan. Like, let's call Jan. Let's get him back in and get a plan. Let bygones be bygones and we'll chase the dream again. And everybody was like, yeah, absolutely. And so we started talking and had some ideas and, um, you know, unfortunately a couple of the guys didn't, you know, one of the guys wasn't necessarily seeing eye to eye, and so we parted ways and um, got a couple, you know, got a new guy. And recently, that hasn't worked out. Um, but we've been with Jan ever since, and things have been, you know, looking up, and we're we're organized and and just you know accomplishing things behind the scenes that and a lot of stuff that like we're not ready to talk about, but like things that are just are right around the corner that we're really really excited about. And without Jan being around, I would lose my mind. <laughs> okay, well what are some of those things that you can talk about right now? What do you have what do you have coming up? Is uh are there any big shows? Uh I know you mentioned you have an EP. So what's going on in the world of you versus yesterday? Uh, I mean, there's a lot going on. Um what I can talk about, we are we have the privilege of opening for the Spill Canvas October 5th in Indianapolis at the Emerson Theater. Um 
I've been a Spillcanders fan for a very long time and actually got to see them on this tour six months ago in Columbus. And now, uh, and now we have the privilege of opening for them in, Indian, in Indianapolis on that same tour. Oh, which that's is, cool. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm pretty darn excited. I know Eric is and John is as well. It's going to be a really cool thing. Um, there's a lot of shows coming up. Um, I, I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, uh, just because I know we have a pretty busy schedule for the month of October. And yeah, but all of those dates can be found on our website. It's just you versus yesterday.com. Um, it's like kind of our hub for everything that's going on. But, um, I don't know. It's nice. This is the busiest that we have ever been as a band. So it's, I don't know. It's a, it's a really cool time <laughs> to be around. Um, we have this new EP that is going to be called you had your chance. I'm taking mine. And I think that that's the awesome. first time I've said that, like actually publicly in the sense of something like a podcast. Um, well, you heard it first right here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, nice. Yeah, so uh, it, we are very, very excited. Uh, it's going to be six songs, and um, it's definitely different than our first record, um, but I think in a lot of really good ways. All right, perfect. I can't wait to hear it. When do you think that will be available for purchase or download? Or I, I, I don't have a date. Um, I, I do not have a date yet. I, I wish that I did because I want to I want to talk about it and, and but sooner rather than later for sure just keep your eyes peeled all right keep your eyes peeled ears open and uh, all right Kramer um, what would be some advice that you would uh, give to an up-and-coming band uh, either looking to get started or looking to take that next step? Oh, I, I love. I actually love getting asked this question because, uh, for me, um, a wise a wise man told me a long time ago that you you know you got to pick up a guitar or a bass or whatever instrument of your choice, or if you want to sing, you've just got to get out there and do it, and you're gonna suck, and that's okay. You're, I mean, I was I was awful. There are there are CDs and some demos floating around that make me cringe when I hear them. <laughs> um, but, and you know, you're going to have a million people telling you why you shouldn't, but if it means something to you, just keep pushing through and, you know, reasonably don't take no for an answer. Just don't okay. take no for an answer. Just keep, keep focusing on it, keep writing and keep bettering yourself. And don't be afraid to let other musicians in and, and try and see your product, your product and your baby from somebody else's eyes. All good advice right there. I think any the first step Always what you said right there. Just pick up a guitar, pick up a bass, and do it. You know, or pick up your instrument of choice and do it. I think that is that wise old man that told you that. I think he knew what he was talking about. Absolutely. I mean, my first, the first song I ever learned how to play was American Pie. Okay. Drove your Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. The levee was, in fact, dry. But <laughs> um, okay, it just all right. Kind of well, from there, man. So I mean, yeah, just get out there and do it. Don't make excuses. Just do it. Don't make excuses. Just do it. Nicely said. Okay. What do you do to promote yourself now that you've already picked up your instrument and started playing? What are you doing to promote uh, you or your? Band you versus yesterday. Social media is your best friend. It is also your enemy. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> it is it is a very double-edged sword, but if you can use it properly and correctly and do your research, um, it can be a very, very, very helpful tool. Uh, but nothing quite beats word of mouth. Um, I can't tell you how many how many people that we have a day hitting us up online and saying, like, my friend so-and-so heard you guys from here and told me to check you out, and I'm in love. And, like, seeing that stuff is just a consistent reminder as to why I get out of bed every day. Um, that things that I can write about and, and things that I went through in my life, um, you know, to be able to tap into that and for it to mean something to someone else is is just insane. Yeah, that recognition can uh, give you the the motivation to keep on going through through the hard times, or at least it, you know it helps anyway. Yeah, absolutely, it it, it does. It, I can't stress enough how much it helps, and, and to have people, it's why I try. Like I don't, I, we don't. When we're at shows, like the three of us, we don't ever like we don't ever want to appear to be unapproachable because we will talk to anyone and everyone that's going to give us you gave us five minutes of your time let's chat like we (laughs) i i one of my favorite things and it happened recently and it was just one of those things that kind of you know sometimes you get on stage and you get in the moment and you kind of spitfire but we were we got to play this sweet venue called southgate revival in uh what was it called southgate revival in um okay I believe it's Lexington, Kentucky, but if we consider it Cincinnati because it's just over the river of, okay. of Cincinnati, Ohio. So, um, but it's in this old like church, and it's got stained glass windows, and and they just did a really and put a bar in, and there's like four or five different stages in this giant building. It's beautiful, um, but. It was our very first time playing, and so, you know, we get in there, we set up, everything's ready to go, and the very first band that played, uh, they were a band called Jettison. They're super cool. They've got uh, a single out, and they're working on another one. Uh, They're good friends of mine now, and uh, they're from Cincinnati, and they played their very first show that day, and so, like, they had a lot of friends and a lot of family come out, and they killed it. It was was so cool, and... um, I remember getting on stage and we were getting hyped up and, and I took to the mic before we started playing and it was just as people started to shuffle out. Um, and I said, I got on the mic and I said, so we're from about a hundred miles up the road. Give me five minutes. Give me one song. If I, if, if you hate it, go outside and smoke a cigarette during our set and you can come back in afterwards and tell me why I suck. And we kicked into the set, and I swear to you, not a soul left. And it was one of those – it's just one of those moments. But, like, I feel like we can always win over a crowd, and, and that's, you know, something that happens when you play music that you believe in. Nice, nice. Um, that's a handy skill to have while uh, playing in front of people that you don't know, you know. Not every crowd is going to be a hometown crowd. No, it, it, absolutely. There, you know, you're going Hopefully <laughs> – Hopefully, rarely it's a hometown crowd. I'm not saying it's not fun playing in front of your home crowd, but that means you're on the road touring. Exactly, exactly. And that's what you've got to do. You've got to be out on the road. <laughs> yes. Okay, Kramer, what do you want um, other – or what do you want uh, people who come to a You versus Yesterday show to take away with it? What do you want them to remember about the show? The, the passion and the emotion that we put into these songs um, 
that's what I want them to take away. I want them to feel something when they watch when they watch our set, whether that be they feel for us or they feel for themselves because of something that that song triggered inside of them. Um, that's how music's always been for me. And I'm, I have the, the extreme privilege as well as the curse and the burden that every time I get up on stage and we sing those songs and especially with these new, with these new songs off of this new EP, um, they're not happy. They're not always happy. You know, you go through things in your life that are out of your control and you make the best with what you, you know, with what you've been given. And I have the privilege in, in the complete and utter burden of being able to rip those wounds open for a few minutes every night on stage and be able to tackle the emotion that I felt the moment that it happened, you know? Okay. And... And so, I mean, I've, I've, I mean, I've had people come up to me before after being on stage and then being like, do you need a hug, buddy? Like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> like you made us feel like I was almost in tears during that song and, and, and just because of the, of the emotion, the raw emotion that I, that I and, and Eric and John put behind everything that we do because we lived it and we feel it. And, and I don't want to say that there's not other, you know, there's not some happier songs on, out of the six, out of the bunch, but when you uh, when you go through something in your life, your your work is going to reflect it. And um, very true. Yeah. Okay, I got one more question for you, Kramer. Right. Before we wrap this up, how do you live uncontained? You know, I just recently left a a, a decent paying job guaranteed hours Monday through Friday, seven thirty to three o'clock in the afternoon. And I have never felt more alive and more free. Uh, I, I work part time and FYE right now to support the dream. And I get out there. You and, work part time where I'm sorry. You cut out again. <laughs> okay, um, I work part time at, um, at FYE <laughs> at our local mall. And, and that fuels and, and helps fund what I'm doing with this band. And this is what I'm, this band is what I do full time now. Um, there's not a moment in the day that Jan and I aren't, aren't shooting the shit back and forth and, and coming up with ideas or, or I'm just staying in contact with the other two in the band of like, well, we could do this or, Hey, just so you know, this is happening. So everybody tries to stay really, really on the same page. Um, so I mean, like I like this band is how I live, how I live carefree, and and away from everything. You know, this is what I do, and right. there's a million people that tell me not to, and there's a lot of people that say they're supportive and they're not supportive, and there's people that are just never going to get it. But it doesn't matter because I don't want to be doing anything else with my time. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you for coming on Uncontained, Kramer. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for talking about your band and Jan sharing some stories <laughs> from the road, including blood-soaked comforters. Yeah. Uh, that would have made for some weird dreams sleeping in that room, even if they changed the mattress out. But uh, one, more, one more thing that I'd like to have you do. Mm -hmm. Would you... Do me the favor of signing off the show today. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, guys, this is Kramer Walker. Uh, I sing and play guitar for You Versus Yesterday, and I live uncontained. 
Thanks again to Kramer Welker for stopping by and talking to me this week on the show. And thank you for listening. Please keep uh, making your way to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, leaving ratings, reviews, and subscribing, please. Plus, the biggest thing that can help me and all of my guests out is if you share this podcast with somebody else. And, uh, you know, word of mouth, as Kramer mentioned, is one of the biggest and most effective types of marketing. So please, please get out there and spread the word. And on a serious note to the people of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, a place that I called home for many years before I moved out here to California, you are in my thoughts because of, yeah, the flood. It's happening again. I can't imagine how that would be after going through it myself in 2008 to have it happen again just so few years later. You're in my thoughts, and I hope it's not near as bad as it was in 2008 for you guys. And um, I really hope that the businesses that got left outside of the protection area where the city decided to cut off, including tornadoes, which has been a, uh, a big supporter of live local music and entertainment for people starting out in that city just left out in the river i really do hope that uh the river does not completely crest and you guys stay dry hang in there and if anything i hope that my show will at least provide a little distraction from you for for a little while while you're dealing with this flood crap Anyway, until next time, as always, live uncontained.